Welcome back to the Phenomenal Fan Podcast, episode number 17. Got some sports to cover today, because that's what we talk about on this show. We cover sports and all of them, because we are the Phenomenal Fans, along with you guys. Tyreek Hill was traded from the Chiefs to the Dolphins. What is going on there? Jimmy Butler? Guys causing issues again, man. What's new? And boy, will you not be able to believe how much these MLB owners are paying their teams this year compared to how much money they have. So thank you guys for tuning into the episode. Stay tuned for all the action, and let's just get right into it. Episode number 17, fine and dandy, underway. Got some sports to cover. Going to be just me today. Solo dolo, rolling on the pod today with basketball, football, baseball. All of them in the news in the last week. Basketball, for obvious reasons, in season, heading in the uh, home stretch of the NBA season. March Madness going on full swing. As I speak, we have two Sweet 16, Sweet 16 games going on. We have Gonzaga and Arkansas and Villanova, Michigan. Have two more going off later tonight. In for a fun weekend, man. Really fun weekend of college hoops. Really exciting. I think everybody's looking forward to... Seeing how some of these teams will fare out. I mean, you got 15 seed St. Peter's. You got 11 seed Michigan. You got Gonzaga, who's the overall one seed, not playing as well as maybe some people thought. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. It's fun. It's exciting. And uh, the last episode, we talked a lot about the NFL and how the NFL has been dominating the news slate and everything that's gone on has just been crazy. It's like fantasy it's like Madden simulated football, like all these random guys, not random players, great players are ending up at random spots with Russell Wilson of the Broncos. Uh, you know, Tom Brady's on the Buccaneers like five years ago. If you'd have said, hey, uh, it's 2017. I know it's it's March of 2017, but just so you know, in March of 2022, Russell Wilson will be on the Denver Broncos. Matt Ryan will be on the Indianapolis Colts. Tom Brady will be on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Carson Wentz will be on the Washington Commanders. And Tyree Kill will be on the Miami Dolphins. Traded. Tyree Kill traded to the Miami Dolphins. This... I think we'll have much more implications than people are actually giving it credit for. I think people are heavily understating 
how much this is going to do to the division. I think this trade of Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins for me has solidified that the Chiefs will not win the division in 2022. They'll probably still make the playoffs. But I do not think the Kansas City Chiefs will win the AFC West in 2022 without Tyreek Hill. Yes, they still have Patrick Mahomes. Yes, they still have Travis Kelsey. They have other weapons on offense. But the main reason for their success is that Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback and he had a variety of weapons with different skill sets available to him on the field at any given time. Tyreek with the speed, Kelsey with the power and the speed and the physicality. They add Juju Smith-Schuster, but that is not nearly enough to supplement for Tyreek Hill. I think the Chiefs finish a game under the Broncos next year. And I think the Chiefs finish one game above the Chargers. That's what I think. It's going to be crazy. The return, by the way. The Chiefs got first-round pick this season, second-round well, this season, this year, upcoming, the up, most recent upcoming NFL draft. They got first-round pick, second-round pick, a fourth-round pick. And in next year's draft, they'll get a fourth-round and a sixth-round pick. One, two, three, four, five picks for Tyreek Hill. Five picks. And then... The Dolphins subsequently immediately sign Tyreek Hill to a four-year, $120 million contract extension. Four years, $120 million, $72 million guaranteed. He had 111 catches last year for 1,200 yards, nine touchdowns. Super Bowl champion with the Chiefs. And I don't know, man. If Kansas City doesn't hit on all those picks, they might be in a worse spot than people think. Patrick Mahomes is an unbelievable quarterback, but his contract has set them back significantly on the books. Significantly. That's why they couldn't sign Tyreek Hill. This trade was going to happen at some point in the offseason, especially with how much money Tyreek Hill clearly wanted to be signed for. He didn't want to play under a rookie deal for one more year. He didn't want to play on a team knowing that he wouldn't be able to play for them for the following years. It is a downgrade for Tyreek Hill offensively, uh, getting his, you know, uh, going from <laughs> Patrick Mahomes to Tua Tagovailoa. Tua, I call him Tagovailoa, by the way. I am a big Alabama fan, and I loved watching Tua at Alabama. 
but I believe the official pronunciation of Tua's last name is Tua Tongue Oviloa. Like your tongue in your mouth. Tua Tongue Oviloa. From what I understand. Either way, I like Tua as a leader. I like Tua as a short throwing quarterback. I just. I don't think Tyreek Hill's skills are going to be utilized the same way they were with Mahomes. I don't. I think Tua can throw the deep ball, but I just don't. Doesn't have the arm. He's got an okay arm, but he doesn't have the arm that Patrick Mahomes has. That is for damn sure. So it's going to be interesting to see where Tyreek Hill, first of all, just how his general stats are, but like next year in like fantasy football, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. The thing for me about Tyreek going to Miami is that Tyreek Hill is just as fast as Jalen Waddell. Or maybe the other way around would make my point better. In in the receiving core of the Miami Dolphins now, you have Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. Jalen Waddell is just as fast as Tyreek Hill. So why did Jalen Waddell not put up the offensive numbers that Tyreek Hill has in his career? Quarterback play. Quarterback play. Tua Tagovailoa or Patrick Mahomes. A receiver is only as good as his quarterback. Does that mean Tyreek Hill is going to be bad? No. Of course not. But I don't think he's going to average nearly the same number of yards and nearly the number of receptions unless they completely unless they completely redo the scheme and design it to get the ball out of Tua's hands into Tyree Kill's hands in short to medium yardage situations. And they have a new head coach coming in, so maybe they will, right? Maybe they will. I I don't know. I don't make the rules, but I do know Tyreek Hill will not be utilized quite as much as, you know, maybe he would have been, and he was been, he was being utilized. So Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins, that was pretty much the extent of the NFL news this week, which is, I mean, honestly good. Like it's about fucking time. They settled down a little bit. Um, baseball season is barreling towards opening day. Today is March 24th, 2022. And we are two weeks from the start of the NFL season. Two weeks. Did I just say NFL? What I meant to say was MLB. We are two weeks away from the start of the MLB season. With that being said, we have official payrolls basically set in place, barring 
like Michael Conforto's signing and like a handful of arbitration stuff that's already pretty much been settled. But the MLB payrolls are pretty much solidified. And boy, will you be shocked to see the discrepancy from the top to the bottom. The top payroll in baseball, as is assumed by pretty much everybody, is the Dodgers. The Dodgers are paying their team $274 million. $274 million. The next closest is the Mets at number two, $251. The next closest after that is the Yankees at $239. Then the Phillies at $221. And then actually the Padres, believe it or not, are spending $198 million this year on their team. And uh, <clears throat> for those of you that have listened, you know I'm a Padres fan and it just doesn't mean a whole lot, to be honest with you. The reason I point this stuff out is because these are all the teams at the top of the list. And it's fun. It's fun to talk about, oh my gosh, you're spending so much money. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. And then you scroll to the bottom of the list. The Baltimore Orioles are paying. Their 25-man roster, $24 million. They have $17 million in retained money, a.k.a. Chris Davis, which is garbage, garbage. You add those both together, they're paying a little over $30 bucks total to their team. Cleveland Guardians at 29th are paying their team $37 million for a 25-man roster. 26. Now it's going to be closer to 28. Just for the expanded rosters. <laughs> Pittsburgh Pirates, 28th ranked in payroll with $37 million. Oakland A's at 27th ranked with $40 million. Now, the interesting part about that is how much these players are getting paid in comparison to how much their owners make. In the major leagues this year, the Oakland A's in free agency spent $0 in free agency. Additionally, they traded away Matt Olson. They traded away Matt Chapman. And they spent $0 in free agency. Their active payroll going into this season is $41 million. And their owner, John J. Fisher, is worth $2.5 billion with a B. Billion. Billion dollars. One billion dollars is a thousand million dollars. 
So if you had $999 million, and then you added another million, then you'd be at a billion. He has two and a half of those. And he's paying his team $40 million. And he spent zero in free agency. Cleveland Guardians are paying their team $37 million in 2022. The Dolan family owns the majority of the Cleveland... I think I said the Indians, so I'll start over. The Cleveland Guardians are paying their team $37 million this season. The Cleveland Guardians are majority... The majority ownership of the Cleveland Guardians belongs to the Dolan family, and the father of the Dolan family is Charles Dolan, who is worth $5.6 billion with AB. The Guardians spent $900,000 in free agency this year. $900,000. The problem is not the strategy that these teams are going about because some teams try to drop payroll by trading players away, acquiring prospects, younger talent, controllable, cheaper players, and then try to develop them and execute a game plan that allows them to pay their team and be successful. Tampa Bay is a pretty good, pretty good model for that. They don't usually have a huge payroll, but they typically win a lot. Oakland is an okay model at that, um, but for them, it's become pretty hard to compete in a division with the Astros, who are paying. Uh, let's see, the Astros are tenth. The Angels are ninth. Um, a division that. Is, has a lot of pretty big spenders. I mean, the fact that the Rays are ever competitive is unbelievable to me. With the Yankees at third, Red Sox at sixth, Blue Jays at 11th, and there's one more team. What did I say? Red Sox, Yankees, Blue Jays. Oh, my God. Who's in the American League East? The Rays. Yankees, Red Sox, Rays, and the Orioles, who are last. That's why I wasn't seeing them. They were 30th. So, Oakland A's spent $0 on free agency, and their their owner's net worth is $2.5 billion. Cleveland Guardians spent $900,000 in free agency. Their owner is worth $5.6 billion. Taking a step back, people have to understand like have to understand the lockout was a situation that was created manifested and controlled by the owners in the sense of they didn't have to do it but they did they did it because that he wanted to renegotiate the collective bargaining agreement with the Players Association and not have to pay them as much and so on and so on. 
when you look at how much these guys are worth versus how much they're putting into the teams that they're running, they are cheap fucks. I really don't understand how hard it is as a professional sports franchise, not just baseball, but anywhere, to realize that if you're an owner and you put more money into the team to develop a better product, whether it's the stadium or the team on the field or both, and you hire better people and you create a better culture and you allow for more accountability, so on and so on and so on. When you do the good things to improve your team overall, thus making the product on the field better for the fans to watch, more fans will come, more jerseys will be sold, revenue will go up for your team, and you will make more money. You will invest... You will put in more money, and then in doing so, you will make more money. The problem is with these owners in the major leagues is that they have these TV contracts that are a guarantee, and they've signed them. They're they're long-term, multi-billion-dollar TV contracts, and they don't have to put a a, a great product on the field. They just have to roll out the guys that they have, And, of course, the players and the coaches and everybody within the organization is going to try their absolute best to to win. But at the end of the day, they're not going to compete. If you look at the bottom, let's just go from 17 down this year in Major League Baseball from payroll, payroll perspective. The Tigers are 17th. Don't expect them to make the playoffs. The Brewers are 18th. They might. Okay, might be an outlier there. Nationals, no playoffs. Twins, possibly, but probably not. Reds, absolutely not. Mariners, possibly, but probably not. Royals, no. Rays, possibly. Diamondbacks, no. Marlins, no. Oakland, no. Pittsburgh, no. Cleveland, no. Baltimore, fuck no. So now, if you go from 17, that leaves, that's 13 teams down. So that leaves 16 teams above them. My math is off there. That's 14 teams, whatever. You get the point. There's 16 teams above them that could potentially be competing for a postseason, right? Dodgers will win the West. Mets will make the postseason. Yankees, who knows? Phillies have a great shot. Padres, probably not. Probably third place. Red Sox, very easily in the mix. White Sox will win the division. Braves just won the World Series. Angels, at least, are trying to compete in some capacity. Astros are good. Blue Jays are good. Cardinals are good. Giants are good. Cubs at least are spending some, right? Give them credit because they weren't they weren't initially spending that much money, but then they signed Suzuki, they got Stroman in the offseason. You know, people are thinking maybe they're I don't know, their strategy was a, a bit confusing, but 
at least you're spending some money. The Rangers, my God. Rangers got Seeger and John Gray and Simeon and all these guys where it's like, man, maybe the Rangers might be pretty good. Hey, and look at the Rockies. Rockies are 16th in baseball in payroll. They just got Chris Bryant. They just traded Rymel Tapia for uh, Randall Gritchick. They signed uh, one of their young guys, Ryan McMahon, to a contract extension. But when you go from 17 down, man, like the Tigers, yeah, they signed. I guess you could more so probably just go from like, go from like 19 down. Start with the Nationals, Twins. The Twins are weird, man, but they're not, I don't know. The point is, man, these owners are cheap fucks and they want to pay their teams less because they want to have more money. And that's why I hope nobody listening to this podcast was ever on the side of the owners because the fact that they're paying those teams as much as they are at the bottom with the Guardians and Oakland and Pittsburgh and Baltimore, cheap fucks, man. Bullshit. It really is bullshit. And it sucks because it's not helping the game of baseball. It's, it is not helping the game of baseball. It's only hurting. And to have essentially the bottom 13 or 14 teams written off from the postseason, it's tough. Really tough. Baseball season has not started yet. Basketball season, of course, has not only started, but is well underway. And last night in the NBA, or what I think it was last night or it was two nights ago, a video went around of Jimmy Butler on the bench for the Miami Heat. They had um I don't know, just like a timeout situation for the Heat. And Jimmy Butler comes off the court and he's kind of hearing it from players on the bench and the head coach of the Miami Heat, Eric Spolstra. Udonis Haslam is kind of calling him out for something. Jimmy Butler is clearly not hearing it, you know, not liking what he's hearing. Go back and forth. They argue. They they don't physically get into any sort of altercation, but they are sort of forcibly separated from each other. And the point is, it's a it's a disagreement, right? It's a haggling point. And Jimmy Butler is having problems. And this is starting to reveal a pattern. Jimmy Butler started his career in Chicago with the Bulls. He had serious clashes with multiple people within the Bulls organization. Multiple people. Tom Thibodeau, Joakim Noah, Fred Hoiberg, head coaches, players, did not get along with them as time goes on, right? When things are going well and you're playing well, things don't need to be addressed because things are going well and you're playing well. Things don't go well in Chicago. Jimmy Butler gets traded to Minnesota. 
goes to Minnesota. He's got fucking problems there. He goes there, and the word is that him and Carl Anthony Towns are, like, exchanging blows at practice. They hate each other. And he was traded. Traded to the Philadelphia 76ers. Once Jimmy Butler got to the 76ers, reports were that he clashed with their head coach. Now, Jimmy Butler finds himself on the, on the Miami Heat, and he's running into problems again. If I'm an NBA franchise and Jimmy Butler becomes available anytime in the near future, I am avoiding him at all costs. He is a trouble child. There's a difference between being competitive in a sense where your teammates can actually tell and they understand and they go along with it and then you win games, a.k.a. Michael Jordan. Jimmy Butler is being a piece of shit, demanding that he gets more involved in the play, disagreeing with everybody that doesn't agree with him, and in doing so, he's causing other people to seriously dislike him. Carl Anthony Towns, enemy. Now he's bumping heads with Udonis Haslam, enemy. Eric Spolstra, enemy. Joakim Noah, enemy. Tom Thibodeau, enemy. Brett Brown, head coach of the 76ers at the time, enemy. For fuck's sake, dude. Do you want to play in the NBA for a good team? Sounds like that's what he wants. All these, half these issues he's run into is because he doesn't want to be a part of a bad team. Okay. Well, if you go to a good team, more than likely you're going to have star players, including yourself. The problem in Philadelphia, it looks like, was that he was bumping heads with the coach because the coach's like, dude, we have fucking Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is going to touch the ball a lot. You're going to touch the ball less now because we have Joel Embiid. And he's like, that's bullshit. I fucking, who, who, who do you think you are? I'm Jimmy Butler. He's Joel Embiid. We are like, dude, you have to chill out. You have to chill. And it's just so apparent in every time, in every situation or anything that's that's been documented with the video or anything that's gone on. He is a problem. And it's not a good look for Jimmy Butler. Is there a way to fix it? I don't know. Sounds like that's just his personality. And, you know, sometimes that works for some guys. Other guys, it doesn't. And there is a lot of egos in professional sports. A ton of egos. A ton of egos. But I don't know, man. At the end of the day, he's got to fucking chill out, man. I mean, he's a career 17. He's a career 17 points a game. Four assists. He's a good player, man, but he acts like he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't know. He's not a first ballot Hall of Famer in a lot of people's minds, but he fucking sure acts like it. So, 
Yeah, it's really, really interesting. It's really interesting to see where that situation will go. Of course, Eric Spolster was asked about it after the game. It was like, yeah, we were just talking about where we're going for dinner that night, right? He's not going to throw Jimmy under the bus. Maybe things have been resolved, right? But there's certainly a pattern developing. There's certainly a trend showing itself. And that trend is wherever there seems to be a lot of issues, Jimmy Butler seems to be at the middle of it. Kind of the same thing you can say about certain guys, James Harden, uh, Russell Westbrook, where it's like these guys are really good basketball players, really good players. But you got to be a teammate as much as you are a, a player. These guys might not be teammates. So that's pretty much going to wrap it up for this episode. Not as much craziness has gone on as maybe before previewing this weekend we have the elite eight will be going on on saturday and sunday in the nba we have uh as far as friday goes 76ers clippers matching up later tomorrow night saturday Nets and the Heat in Miami. Jimmy Butler. See how he does against a team like that. Going to be a good game. Sunday, 76ers and the Suns. Ooh, Jazz Mavericks. Sunday night. Got a lot of good hoops this weekend. Lot of good hoops. NFL news is probably going to be simmering down baseball news will be ramping up basketball well we're right in the heat of basketball right now so thank you guys for tuning into the solo episode of phenomenal fan podcast hopefully you guys enjoyed it be sure to check us out on social media twitter instagram tiktok Stream it on YouTube. All the social medias that you can find, we are there. Be sure if you are buying tickets to a game at any point this year, use SeatGeek, download it, and then use our code PhenomFan, like phenomenal fan. Just take out the enol part of phenomenal. So it's just PhenomFan. All one word, all caps. If you use that code on SeatGeek, you get 20 bucks off your first order. I mean, like, that's fat. Why not? Why not use it? And why not tune in next time? Because we may have some developments. A lot of weekend action. Lots that we're going to have to talk about on Monday. I'm excited for it. I hope you guys are too. And I appreciate you guys tuning in. So thank you guys very much. We will catch you guys on episode 18 of the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. 